You know, I've heard um, many, many stories of um, abuse, but some of the worst ones are when subtle little lies have, um, with organised precision, been sort of sown into a child's life, and it's basically it's evil. Hi, it's Barry here, and today's topic is about uh, the little one that stumbles, and you know, knowing the vulnerability of a child's mind to learning and absorbing new information and behaviours, um, someone has, you know, I've seen this a few times and it's just, it's just horrible, with malicious intent corrupted that which was made in the image of God. <laughs> and then those little lies that have been sown into the child's mind, they, they take root and they, they grow into... Um, really deformed thinking and behaviours far from what God ever intended this child to be like. It, uh, one of the most saddest cases of this I've seen was when um, uh, someone with a very low IQ, you know, like they were very intellectually challenged and disabled and they were taken advantage of by some not very nice people and um, in their childlike naivety they were they were led astray and they still are and uh, no matter what I could do I couldn't change the situation I called the police um, but there was nothing I could do and um, it was repugnant and it was evil and I felt like Jesus <laughs> wanted to tie a millstone around those people's necks because <laughs> what they're doing was just plain evil and then there's another kind of abuse, the one where where a child receives messages from another hurting human. You know, hurt people hurt people, don't they? And uh, the child hears the messages, uh, verbal and non-verbal, and believes them as truth. And it's sort of like passed on to them, you know, and they're, they're words and actions that can't be taken back. And these words, they dig into the soul of that little child. and like a, a thinking track is laid down in the child's mind and a, a small little tiny microscopic pathway and then the next day another sort of abuse is added onto the top of that and it just grows that pathway in strength and that soft malleable brain takes its cues from the environment around it and it shapes its pathways according to what it's been told. And so we have our thinking patterns. <laughs> and I'm sure, in fact, every one of us has stumbled and um, got some thinking patterns that are not what God would want us to think about ourselves or others. And Jesus, uh, he had his followers come up to him and say, look, uh, Jesus, who's uh, the greatest in the kingdom? You know, is it me, Peter, or is it John? Or is it, <laughs> you know, they wanted a pecking order. They wanted to know who was going to be sitting at the, at the head honcho part of the table. And Jesus, typical Jesus, he just turned their earthly kingdom thoughts of achievement, which is ours as well, to be honest, isn't it? Upside down. And he still does that, doesn't he? <laughs> just shakes our world around the upside down way. And this is from the passage in the Bible, and it says, At that time, Jesus, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he said, Muhammad Ali, no. <laughs> it 
he called a child whom he put among them and said truly i tell you unless you become unless you change and become like children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven and we're not talking about where we go when we die sort of thing it's like entering into this this new way of lifestyle this new life where where christ is king and but unless you become like a child you'll never enter into that place ah oh. And he's carried on, he said, Whoever becomes like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And if you put a stumbling block, boy, here he comes. <laughs> if you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believes in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone, and that's like a huge grinding stone, were fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. Hmm. Jesus is not pulling punches, is he? He says, Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks. Occasions for stumbling are bound to come. I really appreciate him saying that. Occasions for stumbling are bound to come. But woe to the one whom the stumbling block comes. By whom the stumbling block comes. And look, every one of us has taken a stumble. Jesus said they are bound to come. Look, the other day was my little two-year-old two granddaughter's birthday party. And my daughter and her husband had got a, um, a little plastic slide. And she climbed to the top of it and she fell off. And it was a nasty fall and it bumped her head. And um, she was crying and her parents were comforting her, you know, and she was like, which was quite normal, quite natural. And after a while, a little while, she got back up and quietly got back into the party and her life, and she was she was fine. <laughs> but I wonder what she learned from that that stumble. Um, I wonder um, whether she thinks that this world is not as safe as she once thought it was. And look, my daughter and her husband didn't maliciously set up the slide with the intent of her falling. Of course, they wouldn't. It was an accident, and these things happen. But. They felt really bad for what had happened. We all felt bad for what had happened. You know, look, well, they could have prevented it by not having a slide. By not allowing her to try new things. Ugh. You see, wrapping people in cotton wool chokes out the discovery of life. We've got to allow people to make mistakes and stumble and, and learn from it. But that delightful little two-year-old, I know, will have many, many other stumbles in her life. But woe to anyone who gets her, who sets out to cause her to stumble. Her grandfather will be coming after them. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I think we have all stumbled and fallen. Something has tripped us up. Hopefully not with um, a malicious intent, but we have all tripped up in our thinking somewhere along the line. We heard one thing and interpreted it possibly in a manner that it wasn't intended to be understood, especially the way God wanted under, uh, for us to understand it. We have interpreted the, the experience in the most obvious childlike way. And Dave, Dave Riddell, he says that children are excellent recorders of their experiences, but poor interpreters. Look, some time ago I watched a teacher berate a child within their care. It was, uh, to be blunt, a shaming exercise. And to me it spoke more about the angry world within the teacher's thinking than about the slight misdemeanor of the child. But 
I, I wondered if the child took the, that abuse to heart and whether it it added on top of any other experiences of, of being told that they were stupid you know by, by family members or other people that might have come across them look we, we all have had bad hair days but we need to be aware that the explosions spill over to others and trigger responses in them look if if there's one consistent barrier that I've come across in helping people, it is the resistance to becoming like a child and examining and reinterpreting early life experiences in the light of God's truth about us. I think it has something to do with us not wanting to admit to ourselves that, that we might have got it wrong or that someone has wronged us. We would much rather fix the now. You know, give me a band-aid. Give me a fix it now, problem solve, issue, you know, let me fix it now. But look, those earliest conclusions will echo and ghost us until we give them reason for them not to be around. And, you know, and this requires self-examination. It's work, um, forgiveness of self and others, and being open to new truth. And look, it might mean we come face to face with how we have acted out of our own hurt, which has meant hurt for others. It... It might mean being honest with our own failings, not just on a surface level, but on a level where we feel deep shame and guilt. As I say, it might just mean learning to forgive and having self-compassion. And, and Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom, if you want to be where the action's happening, if you really want to be there, you've got to become humble like a child. Look, I would love to start love to have a time machine to go back to certain times in my life where I stumbled in my thinking where I, I kind of misinterpreted what happened as a child and put a negative twist on something and I started developing a thinking traffic in my brain that just got deeper and deeper and stronger and stronger I, I want to become like a child again um, to have my brain be like a sponge that is open and ready for good truth God truth I want to be like a, a child in the presence of Jesus, the lover of children. And perhaps Jesus would talk about the, the many places where the stumbles happened and the seeds were sown into my thinking. Um, I want to become like a child, you know, simple, soft, malleable. It's been open to thinking differently about life. It's seen that some of um, my core beliefs were founded on stumbling moments. Uh, moments that are needed a new understanding. Look, just as when you are a little child and you interpreted an event in a certain uh, way that led you off to a certain thinking track, it's now time to interpret similar feeling events with new insights. You know, <laughs> children rehearse things until they get them right, don't they? They take a few steps, fall, crawl a while, and they try again. And that brain is laying out a new fiber network. <laughs> they get back up on their feet and they try it, walk again. And they practice and they practice until they walk freely and easily. None of that crawling business anymore, they say. <laughs> and look, you know, a, a child wants to learn a, a musical instrument like a guitar. So they learn a few basic strums, uh, chords, uh, and after a many, many repeated experience, they can play a very simple song. And eventually, with enough work and enough effort, 
uh, they can play really quite complex tunes. Now, what are the words you have been rehearsing through your neural network of your brain from an early age that need rewiring? Well, look, one of the ways I think Spirit, the Holy Spirit, does this is that um, Spirit brings us to places where the invite is given to explore our inner dialogue, our, our story. Our life gets interrupted by, by an event. You know, it could be a, someone says a sentence and it makes you think, or a quote, a verse of scripture. Um, someone says something to us. It could be like a real big life event, like a trauma. And if you're listening, Jesus said, let anyone with ears listen. So it's a spiritual practice of just listening for those moments. Then you will uh, learn to hear the whispers of Spirit saying, uh, this is for you, mate. This is for you. Take heed. <laughs> and so you take that seed of truth and you nourish it. You, you meditate on it and you grow it into your thinking. And it becomes like a, an antidote to the think, thinking that you stumbled over as a child. And you build it into your daily uh, meditative life. You know, I, personally, I have an audio version of my thinking compass. And if you want to know what a thinking compass is, come over to the website and um, there's a link for that. But it's something that I listen to every day. And you see, I am slowly and surely uh, rewiring my brain. And I'm, I'm removing um, the stumbling blocks as such. And I'm starting to see my path clearer and cleaner than ever before and um, this is learning how to do this is part of my um, dig yourself out of the hole course that I'm, I'm be bringing to you sometime soon but I want you to stop the stumble <laughs> look do you keep stumbling over the same old tripping hazards perhaps it's time for you to pray in our spirit to illuminate your path to point out the old ways that need new roadworks um, realize it's work but it's good work. <laughs> hey, here's some quotes for you to think about. Uh, the daily debrief around the dinner table can prevent wrong conclusions taking root in a child's heart. David Riddell. Just thought about that. I thought, how many of you have dinner at a table? And it's, yeah, where well, you talk about things like that. Uh, another quote from David is, children can grow into their labels. And distinguish between their worth and their behaviour when rebuke is called for. So, you know, check out the behaviour. Look at the behaviour of what the child is doing. Don't label it as a certain as stupid or dumb or anything like that. But look at the behaviour that they're looking at. Um, another quote from David. Labelling children is the most natural thing in the world. It is also the most destructive as a child grows into the label. How does idiot help a child to think more clearly? Poor, good, good quote. Some questions. Um, where have you stumbled in your thinking? That's a big question. <laughs> and number two, what rises up in you when you see someone being led astray or having stumbling blocks and trip hazards put in their way? Want to get a millstone? <laughs> um, and number three, why is there a resistance to becoming like a little one? Hmm? Why is there a kind of a resistance to us as adults? You know, why do we think oh, becoming a little one? 
hey that's this week's post for this this week of course <laughs> hey if you want to um, email me I'd love to hear from you and to share with me your thoughts um, about this post uh, barry at turningthepage.co.nz is the address and um, thank you for everyone who puts a little bit of money in each month helps me keep doing this uh, it's going well people are hearing good things and lives are being changed so thank you so much to those people who uh, do that um, if you want to be part of the team a support team come over to tunythepage.co.nz forward slash support and you'll find lots of little ways you can do that hey until next week become like a little child bye <laughs>